Hey, 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 Brandon Beliso here. You're living your best life. It is Friday, November 18th, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, right here on the West Coast. This is Success Never Sleeps, where we chop it up as small business owners, preferably martial arts school owners. We try to figure out this thing called life. You know, and, and, and as I evolve as a person, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, I, I'm moving from a critical thinker to what, what I would label as a new thinker a new thinker, but I, I was very humbled. Guy Chase, thank you, sir. You know, you're out there. Guy Chase you know, ma made a comment that what's really unique about Brandon Beliso as a person and a consultant is he takes the old and, and balances it with the new. And for me, that, that's always been very, very powerful. I think things historically that have endured the test of time, we should not discard that as we, you know, bull our way through technology and what's on the horizon. So I think for me, the life balance that I cultivate is as O.S. Smith said, or, or I don't know who said that best, that we should respect tradition, but embrace innovation. It's the balance of the two. And I believe that's what makes my teaching when I work with people so unique. And I'm very blessed to be able to share my learning. I don't think it's even teaching at this point. I think it's learned experience from 60 years of life, 35 years of owning small businesses, the ups and downs, the successes and failures, just saying, hey, man, here's my data. And if it works for you and your purpose and your vision, then rock and roll, make it happen. And if it doesn't, then figure it out yourself. <laughs> like my grandma used to say, you got to learn. You got to learn. You know, I've been telling my 14-year-old, uh, hey, Jason, what's happening, sir? As you come aboard, say hi to us. Say hi, say hi, as we're talking about building your team for success. So, you know, I've been telling my son for weeks now as the weather's changing that you need to wear a coat when you go to go to school, a hoodie, something, right? But because he works out all the time now and he's 14, he wants to show off his muscles. You know, the other night my daughter had a soccer game and it must have been about, I don't know, 50 degrees below that because it was cold. It was cold. And I'm out there. Then he comes out from the gym from basketball practice, sweating in a freaking tank top and shorts. First thing me and his mom says is, put your damn jacket on. Did he listen? No. Guess who came home sick yesterday? He did. And you know what I did? I was singing two songs. One is you got to learn. You got to learn. And I think the other one was the I told you song. And those two went on. So the reason I share that with you is because... Somebody posed, I might have been Bill Gates, and some things make good sense, and I love embracing it, right? And it was pretty much to this, this extent. Um, the one thing great about being 60 is I'm finally the person I've always wanted to be. And honestly, that's where I am. I'm finally the person I've always wanted to be. And, and, and I did this podcast in England, and they asked me, you know, as, as your 60-year-old self, what would you tell your 20-year-old? I said, nothing. I would let him go out there and be a knucklehead, make mistakes and do what he wants. I'm not going to mess up my 20-year-old self with a bunch of freaking wisdom. But the yin to the yawn for all you young whippersnappers out there. If you can embrace some of the wisdom of the elders, right? You watch it. It's so sad in these movies, right? You see in these movies, oh, get out of my way, old man. And, you know, the, you, these young bucks act like they're so superior, you know? I, I, I don't get that. I don't get that. There was a time elders were respected and, and revered because of the wisdom and knowledge they can share with you. And I think that's that's unique about what I bring to the plate is I'm very leveraged in technology and, and what's on the horizon and, and, and the thing. But I temper it. 
I temper it with good common sense of 60 years of life experience of growing up without computers, growing up without cell phones and knowing the difference. You know, most people haven't grown up without a cell phone, so they have no freaking idea or a computer. So the yin and the yang need to be there. So thank you, Guy Chase, for those very kind words. And you as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, as you cultivate this, that's what I'm here to tell you, right? If you can do a little bit of both and and be able to embrace some of the learned experience of, of older, wiser, you know, people that might have the success that you want to achieve, then do so. Balance it. Cool. Virginia, what's happening, Virginia? How's that knee surgery recovery going on there? So I want to start by thanking my sponsors, please. Who do we have? Who do we have? Who do we have? Who do we have? There we go. Market Muscles, my studio, my studio, Kids of Life Skills, and LC Accounting. Um, I dig that my studio is doing a lot more webinars. Uh, if you're in the app, all you got to do is click on that little icon with the question mark that, that sits there with information, and you can watch videos instantly. You know, to whatever you're trying to work on. And, and I love that because the new webinars that are out there and that they're cultivating, I think is really going to help us uh, maximize the potential. I know my studio, about 30, 40%. I couldn't imagine if I could negotiate that space and move about it with the confidence of 100% learning. So that's one of my goals in 2023. Market Muscles, you know, I love Stephen Reinstein. I had a conversation with him yesterday via messenger and I found out from Lorenzo Sandoval, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call Lorenzo out. You know, I'm I easily do that because Lorenzo I love like a son, and I work and help him. So Lorenzo hits me up, and he goes, uh, "Oh, focus, focus." Lorenzo hits me up, and he says, "Hey, professor, um, do you realize if you Google under martial arts blog, you have the number five spot, not the paid ones. I have the number five ranked martial arts blog." And I thought it was at Google. Lorenzo said, it's the world. I don't know what the hell that means. But I have the number five martial arts blog in the world. Google right now, martial arts blog, and see who's number five on the unpaid list. Yours truly at One Martial Arts. And so I reach out to Stephen and I say, hey, Stephen, you, you know, talk to me about this. All I've done is write blogs. I don't pay attention to any of that shit. So tell me, what, what does that all mean? And then Stephen said, well, you know, it's a combination of of you positioning yourself as an authority. Google likes traffic, right? Likes traffic at the site. And then he mentioned people who don't really know what subjects to write. The AI will give them tips and correct their sentences and do all that. So that AI feature, I believe Market Muscles put in the back end of their site for you to work on blogs and stuff because they recognize if you can create blogs and put them at your school's website, you are going to rank better. You are going to position yourself as an authority and you might end up in the number five ranking spot, right? Anybody look that up? Did you verify that? Martial arts blog. See who's number five on the unpaid spot. Don O'Neill, success martial arts. How are you, Don, sir? So a little bit of advice. Please work on your blog. Post stuff. Post stuff. And don't just, you know, the reason I call that Lorenzo, because long story short, he wants to write an article and be able to put it on my blog at one martial arts because I rank so high and I'm seen by so many people. And then he'll backlink it to his website. I said, Lorenzo, that's cutting corners, baby. You know? And, and he goes, well, would you do it? I said, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to write. I don't know if it, it's good. And you know, Google's frowning on the backlinks, that whole backlink stuff just to get more traction at your website is getting played out. Google wants real people doing real work because they don't want to lose the trust. Look what's happening with Facebook, right? People have lost trust in Facebook. Google does not want to head down that road, 
right? That's why the ads are so strict and they're so basic. They're not this blown up video and all this other stuff. It's very controlled. Try to run a Google ad. It's very controlled. And so please, I'm going to encourage you, work on your blog, post blogs regularly at your blog website. Cool, cool, cool. And then of course, kids love life skills. If you are not positioning yourself as a life skills educator, character development in your community, you're missing the boat. If you want to be viewed as an investment for any child out there, please move to the position where you are viewed as, as an investment. Because honestly, a parent does not know if it's BJJ, Kenpo, Judo, Karate, Kung Fu. They don't know. And honestly, they don't care. But when they know that you can, in a structured system, teach their child focus, discipline, confidence, respect, all those things are going to help them become a better person that soccer and anybody else will not offer them, then you're in a good position. The other day, I, I took a picture of it. And I'm going to post it. A mom and daughter colored the coloring sheet together. That's the purpose of the coloring sheet, to create awareness, to create dialogue. And this mom and daughter colored it together. I put it up on the wall. You know, and that's the purpose of that. Everything strategically, you should be using the student parent discovery sheet, the merit badges, uh, the student, uh, the coloring sheet, you know, the facilitator handout, all those different things, the display cases, everything in there should be used and used well. So everybody who partners with us, go in there, look at all the training videos and make sure that you're getting the most out of that. Please, 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 please. All right, LC Accounting, I love you, Tish. You know, my, my sister works diligently, works hard for me. I make her crazy some days, but she works hard for what I do. Mm. So if you're there and you've come aboard, can you say hi? I love giving people shout outs. And everybody who's here, can you share this? Share this everywhere, every group page that you possibly can. And if someone can share it on my, my personal page, we have on my personal page, Marco, please do so. All right. So as we roll through this thing, you know, I, I want to remind people that are coming to It's Time Live Balance in April 15th through 18th, book now. Most of us have had pretty good years. We need the tax write-off. That's why we released it so early. Book your hotel, book your airfare, book your ticket, get it done now so you have the tax write-off in 2022. You got it? Get the tax write-off for 2022. If that thing is dated 2023, you can't use it, right? You cannot use it. So please, Book your flight, book your hotel. We have that available and book your ticket now. Only 20 people, four days, it'll change your life. It's unlike anything in our industry. Um, I posted pictures of the day three experience. And it's just, it's wild being outdoors, journaling, self-discovery, really digging deep, you know, because a lot of schools come to me and they've been stuck 10, 20, 30 years at 100 students. And we dig deep. And when we can get unstuck and move from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, everything is possible. Cool, cool, cool. What's up, Letitia? Who else is here? Do say hi. So what are we talking about today? Building your team for success, right? Every industry across the board, as of late, and with the great resignation, everything, we're having problems staffing, hiring, growing, keeping people. It's the nature of the beast. In our industry, I would say it's even more so. And if you agree with me, put it in the comments. How many of you have staffing challenges? Put it in the comments. Mm. And we're not discussing the person who works the day job 40 hours a week and then comes out and hangs out with you, you know, for a couple of hours a week, right? Virginia, so far so good with knee surgery recovery. Yeah. Good thing you got Zach backing you up in there too, right? Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Jason. 
And so I know for us, it's, it, it's, it, it's a challenge. That's just life. If I think about just the 22 years of the martial arts school, yeah, God, we've gone through a lot of staff, especially front desk people. Oh man, crazy, crazy, crazy. You know, things you can't even, even account for, death. And, I, and I'm going to run you through that whole scenario. All right. So I've always owned small businesses. And at one point in my early, early, about 18, 19 years old, I managed the DJ company. And at the time, he had three vans and three complete setups, you know, to go out and do weddings, bar mitzvahs, company parties, things like that. And then by the time I left his company, we had 20 vans and 40 employees. How did that happen? Well, you know, if I think about the different things that we offered, we were young, young and stupid, you know, people drank and things like that. So th those are other problems. But I think culturally that people found a safe haven. This guy, Jerry Nowoski, God rest his soul. You know, Jerry taught me that if you take care of your people and you love them and you give them perks and those things on the surface, you know, those endear them to your culture. So I think that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, you listen to Richard Branson, he will say, you know, if I take care of my team, they'll take care of the people that fly Virgin Airlines. That was it. He said, I take care of them probably even more. The better I take care of my team, the better they're going to take care of the clients, right? So that I think is, is a philosophy that should stand the test of time. Chris Pullman, if he comes aboard, you know, I might bring him in. He, I think his average tenure for his employee it's, it's at our Facebook group page. I think it's like freaking 20 years or 31 years is the longest one. Uh, but, but it's somewhere there. You can look at it later. But I thought that, that that was pretty cool, right? In our industry, how many people can say they've had somebody work with them full-time, not part-time, full-time for more than three years? Put it in the comments. How about five years? How about seven? How about 10? How about 15? How about 20? How about 25? Put it in the comments. What's the longest full-time employee you have working for you? And that's a rough one for a lot of people, right? I can gratefully say my core team of full-time people are about, I think we're up to about 10 full-timers and a bunch of part-timers because of day camp staff, after-school staff, janitorial, you know, the one-off kickboxing instructor that does two classes a week, things like that. But full-time, I think we're around 10 full-time employees. And the average tenure is about 10 years. The longest in there is probably my sister at about 15 or 16 years now. And I'm very proud of that. That's a hard thing to do. We live in a culture, you know, as I've learned through the great resignation, uh, people have averaged three jobs in the past couple of years. So it's to the point when you go to a company and they see you've worked three or four jobs, they don't care. I do. I do. Because that loyalty, <clears throat> that loyalty is not something you can equate. It simply is not. Right. And that loyalty is something you can build upon just like any relationship. Often, the more time you spend with somebody, the more valued, the more um, that level, that relationship can get to a higher level and a higher level and a higher level. So that was the beginning. I knew that when I opened my company from Jerry Nowoski, that taking care of your team was going to be vital. So when I opened One Martial Arts in the year 2000, of course, it was only me. I had a couple of kickboxing instructors who were on 1099s at the time. I had a bunch of instructors. One taught Aikido, one taught... Um, Tai Chi, and it was just a hodgepodge because I was trying to make rent. My big fear was, will I make rent? 
right? So I had all these different people doing different things, but there was no cohesiveness. So that's the other thing I learned right away. If you want to build a school beyond a school into a culture, it has to have a cohesiveness. So that's why I'm so big on the why and the purpose and the core values and the brand absolutes. So everybody that comes aboard has to believe in it. If they don't believe in it, then it's not believable, right? That's the big thing. I don't want people to buy into my culture. I want them to believe in it. And this is, and stay with me on this because this is going to be very, very important. I want them to believe in it. So I think the, the, the epitome of not having a strong team was when two of my lead guys died back to back in about three years. My pseudo right-hand man at the time, I didn't really know what that was. My second, he quit. My office manager quit and resigned because uh, they wanted to move on to other things. And then there I was, right? Me and a bunch of teenagers with 350 students. That's, that's right. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? We ever been in that position? There was me and a bunch of teenagers. TJ was the oldest at the time. I think TJ was 14. What's up, Bob Poole? What's happening, sir? You know, TJ was about 14, 15. So there I was. And, and, and I looked at that, that dynamics, that place we were in, and I said to myself, this, this is not going to work. There's no way we can grow this to 600 students because that's what I needed to make a million dollars a year. That's what I needed, right? I was very clear about that. Very, very clear. Now TJ's 31. So was that 17 years ago? What year was that 17 years ago? Help me out with that. 2016? 2006. 2006, somewhere in there, because we broke our first mill in 2007. So see that timeline? There I was, 350 students, me and a bunch of teenagers. And, and, and similarly, around the same time, I had flown out on the East Coast to train the Top Kick team. We had met through, uh, I was speaking somewhere, and that's how I met too, and you know that whole story. And, and I really learned when two said to me, if you got sick or hurt, if you got sick or hurt, how long would it be before your school closed? And really it was six months. Without me, six months. I don't care how much money we we're making, 350 students at the time. So I really understood that if I don't build a team and base it upon systems and consistent staff training and things like that, that I could lose everything. And my wife was pregnant with Brayden at the time and Brayden's 14 now, right? So if I stopped to think about that, it was really eye-opening and it offered me a very unique mindset shift. I went from being this personality-driven business to being a purpose-driven, not, not, let's, not, let's not just say system-driven business, okay? Not just system-driven. We were a purpose-driven company. I, I had a mission. I wanted to create a company that worked for me, that wasn't dependent upon me, purely because I wanted my family to be secure. That was my purpose. With me teaching all the time, with no backup, my family was in such, such a dangerous position, Right? And, and I, I had to change that. So everybody clear on that, right? Unless you want to stay a personality driven business, you need to make that mindset shift and move from being a personality driven business to a purpose driven business that is rooted in the foundation of systems, a culture, and a very clear set of core values and brand absolutes. You with me? Cool. All right. So there I was. And so I methodically would spend about three hours a day in Starbucks or Pete's Coffee, I think it was. And I would write systems. And the number one systems you need to write right now if you're ever gonna build a team for success are the systems that replace you on the mat. 
right? Because if you physically can't teach, you don't make money. So please, right now, make that commitment, put it in your Google calendar, and you are going to allot a certain amount of time every day to sit and write the systems to replace you on the map. And please write them for your team to do it better than you. And the only way you're going to do that is to shift your mindset from, if I teach this guy more than me or her, she's going to leave me, open up down the street and take half the students. Please table that BS fear. I want my team to be better than me. Because if they believe they can do it better than me, then they will step on that mat with a sense of confidence, teach better than me, and bring new and fresh ideas to me so we can cultivate them, right? Up until the pandemic, I wasn't teaching at all. Group classes at all. And so TJ said that the other day, it's really weird having you teaching again, right? You know, because it's weird. It's weird to them. But nonetheless, I'm there. So to replace you on the mat, because if you try to put this team together and you have no systems to train them on anything, they're going to fail. They're going to go out on that mat and they're going to go into parent mode, talk to the kids like a parent. They're going to be pulling stuff out of their behind left and right. And there'll be an inconsistency in your product. I love it when everybody teaches consistently. Otherwise, and we've all been there, who's heard this one? Well, Miss So-and-so said to do it this way. And you're like, oh, okay, great. Can you please just do it like this? right? Who's ever had that? Put it in the comments. I know we all have, right? We all have. So what does that begin with? Write your warm-up. Right now, I started a new batch of instructors in Millbrae, right? I'm so excited because we finally have black belts there and everything. And so the first one is the junior leader module. Three months, they've learned so far to welcome people at the front door, Welcome to One Martial Arts. My name's Brandon. What's yours? My name's Johnny. How you doing, Johnny? Take attendance. After attendance, tie their belt. After they tie their belt, build the rapport, get them to the waiting area and sit them down, right, in the staging area for class. That's it. And then they'll learn, if they're called upon, to do everything at a level 10. And we're going to start reviewing the curriculum that we roll out in January. So if they're in class assisting, I call them. I put them at the front of the class. They can demonstrate it at level 10. So even that is so planned out. I've broken it down into smaller chunks. The first three months, junior leader. That's what you do. And you'd be amazed how young people, because of devices and everything going on, can't sit there and lean in and walk up to somebody the minute they walk through your front door and go, welcome to One Martial Arts. My name is Brandon. What's your name? Hi, my name is Johnny. Welcome, Johnny. Right? They don't have that ability because they've never been taught. So we're working on that. Tying belts. You know what it's like not to tie your own belt? That's hard for people to do. Well, so we're teaching them. Attendance through my studio, having that iPad right there. That's another conversation, right? So writing these systems to train them to do better than me is a whole nother process. Uh, even last night, I was rewriting some of the systems because what I visualize in my mind may not come out the same way when you teach it to them. Because you visualize this system, you write this system, but you don't write this system for you. You write it for the team. You sit with the team, you talk about it. Then you stand up, you train on it. Then they shadow you and you shadow them. You release them and you trust and track. But that's important because you can lose many a team member, good team members, because they're frustrated. 
they are frustrated and they do not feel empowered. They go through anxiety, right? They go through that lack of confidence and you throw them to the wolves and think you're doing, you know, doing them justice by doing that. You're not, you're not, you're not. And if they're not prepared, they will fail. And if they fail, they don't want to come there and help. My wife to this day will tell you when she teaches a kickboxing class, she still gets anxiety and stomachache, right? Because it's not her thing. So as I'm working with these young people, I'm very, very, very empathetic. Cool. All right. Everybody with me? Put, put it in the comments that, you, that you, you're with me on all this. Because all this lead up, it's not simply about how do I hire people? How do I, it's, it's all the pre-framing that you do first. And I know it's not glamorous. I know it doesn't equate to money right away. But think of any great startup. They don't make money in year one, two, three, four. Sometimes I think Amazon, it took seven or 11 years. Look that up, Marco. How long was it before Amazon was profitable? I think it's year seven, year 11, something like that. See, and, and that again is that visionary mindset that you read about in books like E-Myth and Good to Great. Are you a level five leader? As we say in Good to Great, you got that vision. So you're always calming the team down, right? They trust that you are the nurturing, calming one because they have no idea where you're taking them. When you rebrand your school, when you do those, I did see, uh, Jeff Bezos finally turned a profit in 2003, which was nine years, nine years after he found the company and seven years after going public. You see that? But see, look where Jeff Bezos is now. And I think that's a challenge. You know, the school owners I work with, you're coming to me after being open 10, 20 years where you've created a job for yourself and you're a terrible boss. But when we start this type of rebranding, and reworking everything you do, you are literally a startup. We are wiping the slate clean and you are starting over. Don't come to me like you've been a 20-year business owner. You are not a 20-year business owner. You've, you've created a job and you're a terrible boss. Can you own that? Because if you can do that, when you sit down and do this work to design this team, you'll get what I'm saying. You will get what I'm saying and you'll be cool with that. What's up, Herman? You know, and as I work with people, the, the clients I'm with now, they recognize that. That's a big thing. I'm going to instill your startup. Don't expect to be profitable for a couple of years. If you can keep things, keep the lights on and keep the boat afloat, be happy because we need to rebuild everything, right? And we do in many ways, in many, many ways. So what have we done so far? We've established our culture. We've established our purpose and why, because nobody's ever going to wake up and go, how can I make Virginia or Jason or Marco a lot of money? But they will wake up and go, wow, let me take them on this journey. You know, let me help them be kind. Let them help me be successful, right? All those things, they will do that. They will do that because it's heartfelt. There's an emotional connection. Nobody stands there and teaches a class and looks at the students and goes, there's a thousand dollars. They don't. You might when you're studying your stats on the back end, but nobody on your team will ever do that, ever, ever, ever do that. So that's why I'm not big on putting the pressure on my team to sell anything. I study my numbers. I go over them with TJ. We have never sat in a meeting with our team and go, we have to get 10 more students this month. You have to get five. We never do that. Not our thing. Not our thing. Now, if you're a school where the operating partner is on a base salary and then he works on commission after that, that's a different conversation. Totally different conversation, right? But if you got an internal team working full time, it's not their problem, it's yours. What they should be focused on is teaching better, serving better, creating relationships. As we learned last night with the team, we're poor. 
You know what rapport is? A friendly, harmonious relationship. So when you're building rapport, and that was the key word in our instructor's training last night, building rapport, they are creating a friendly, harmonious relationship. Write that down. I thought it was cool. I thought it was very cool. What's up, Herman? Extreme impact martial arts. Nice kata, Herman. I, I saw your competition video. That was pretty cool. So we've written the warm-up. We've written, you know, whatever given curriculum stripe we're working on, right? That class should be laid out on paper from the time they start till the time they finish. And then you train, train, train two weeks to a month in advance on the curriculum they're going to be teaching the following month. So you empower them when they step on the mat. Jason sharing very true. That fresh start from rebranding has strengthened so many things in our business. Using our brand absolutes empowers our team to make the right decisions. And that's really it because you're dealing with such diversity, Jason, right? So much diversity that having this clear set of core values, this clear why, this clear purpose, ours is live your best life. Anything we do has to fulfill that purpose. And I'll ask that sometimes if they bring something green to me or something off the wall. And I say, well, does it help us live your best life? Well, what do you mean? Well, does it help our friends and families live their best life? And if it doesn't, we table it. It goes to the wayside. If you can't give me a compelling reason, argument, debate that this fulfills our purpose and helps people live their best life, then we table it. So if you're, once your team gets that, once they get that, it's dynamic. Now, this is extreme. You know, I like watching documentaries on cults because I'm just perplexed at times, but also, you know, in awe that somebody can get somebody to do something, right? Almost brainwash them. And the most recent one is that Nexium one that's on HBO, if you get a chance to watch it. This guy was freaking nuts. And the fact that people bought into his his. BS and his whole line, you know, I get it. His executive business programs made sense on paper and they helped a lot of people, but then he lost his freaking mind and, and thought he was some, I don't know what that is, but you know, the Seagram heiress, there's two of them. I don't remember their names. They're in jail for like five to seven years right now because of this guy. Another one who was on Smallville, 200 episodes, she's in jail too. So I'm going, these aren't dumb people, right? You're the heiress to the Seagram you know, fortune, Seagram is alcohol, right? And you're in freaking jail because of this nutcase. What happens there, right? What really, really, really happens in there? Now, if I can do that in a positive, loving, nurturing way, right? Not a manipulative, controlling, right? Break you down and, and then make you fit my mold minion. No. It, so there's a very, very thin line in there. Yeah, sounds yeah, the Bikram the Bikram yoga guy. He was another one, right, Dennis? But this is extreme. You know, you talk about that Heaven's Gate cult where everybody shaved their and cut their hair in a rice bowl and wore sweatsuits and put on Nike's and drank cyanide because an alien ship was coming to take them to heaven. That's some nutty stuff. I mean, you're nuts. You're freaking nuts to buy into that crap, right? You just are. I'm gonna call it out. And so I think the challenge in our schools, and we witness it when some guy's sitting there, you know, grooming young kids in his school, and we see it on the news going, God, can we knock that stuff off, right? It's there. That's why you, as a level five leader, you better come to the plate, complete, whole, balanced. And that's why, as a level five leader, I invest heavily in my client's personal development. That is monumental in the work that I do. 
It just is. It needs to be. It's a mandatory must if you are going to grow a team and build your success. That's it, right? So you've replaced yourself on the mat. You've written all the systems, right? So where does that bench strength begin? Where do I find the employee? And I believe wholeheartedly that in our industry, the bigger percentage of our team should be homegrown. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. And I see the arguments that come out there in our industry when someone posts that, you know, he's running an ad for instructors, no experience necessary. We will train you. People lose their freaking mind. They go off, 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 right? They go off. Or you can buy a franchise with no martial arts experience. They go off. Will I admit that we can leverage the fact that collectively, my team has been training and teaching martial arts for over 150 years. You know I can. And it's a social media post. It's at our website. It's in conversations everywhere. You know, in printed material in our school, you can leverage that. Leverage that, right? TJ's 31 and he's been with me training actively and teaching since he's 14 and even started before that with somebody else. So there's a lot to be said for that. And if you're not amplifying that, I'm not talking about, you know, I'm a 20th degree black belt Zen Wadubudikai Association of the left, right? I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about looking a parent in the eye and sharing that that instructor on that mat has been doing martial arts since he's eight and he's 31 now and he's been teaching since he's 14. That is value a parent will invest in time and time again. So if I got a 16-year-old kid out there supporting an instructor, I will say, you see that young 16-year-old, you know, oh, yeah, I want my daughter to be just like her. Yes, you do. Well, guess what? She started at eight years old like your daughter. Cool. So that type of positioning, I think, is going to be extremely valuable in what we do. But if we wear it egotistically, I'm the master, you're the lowly student, you know, pay me for lessons. Great. Now I'm going to upgrade you into my leadership program. You're going to pay me more money. And in that process of leadership skills, you're going to clean the school and do birthday parties on the weekend and volunteer in class for free, for free. I don't get it. I just don't. It's not noble. It's not Miyagi, wax on, wax off, paint the fence. You know, it's not that at all. Right. It's not some montage. Right. You're using people at that point. I want you to be extremely mindful of that because that moves me into the next section. Create a company people want to work for. Create a company people want to work for. And I've shared that conversation many, many times when TJ and I sat in the mall in the food court and were discussing trying to get his brother aboard. And he looked at me and said, I wouldn't tell my brother to work for us as a career. Whoa. Thank you, TJ. And I said, well, well, why, sir? You made that choice. He goes, well, I'm a little different. And, and, and you know, I can see your vision. I said, well, what does that mean, sir? Well, you have to have a career package. I said, well, well what is that, sir? You know, because I had no idea. I'm a small business owner. I've worked for myself. I've never worked a day job for anybody where they did all. He says, well, you know, of course, number one is competitive pay. Now, I know competitive pay is a hard one in our industry. Right. Because there's not a lot of things to base that upon. We can look at an elementary school teacher. We can look at someone who manages a fitness club. We can look at someone that just simply teaches aerobics. There's so many different different 
measurements there. We can look at somebody who's managing a small operation like a Jamba Juice, right? And, and then they're making the same monthly revenue we are. So there's nothing set in stone. That's the big challenge. There's nothing set in stone. But I do know living here in the Bay Area for anybody who's single to survive, pay rent, you know, be able to eat decently, go on their vacation, you better be paying them over 100K a year. That's it. That's the minimum here. Is that the same in Ohio? I don't think so, right? But here, that's that minimum. So no matter what they're doing in your company, there's no way they can live on their own and survive if you're not paying 100K or more. So please, I would do that study. If I want someone to devote their life to this job and this business, what is a good livable wage, right? And even in hiring, if you look at a place right now, like In-N-Out Burger, places like that, they don't pay minimum wage. Coming through the door, they will pay at least $2 more because they want to get a better pool to hire from. Does that make sense? If you're at the bottom of the barrel, strictly minimum, 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 right? I get it. Summer day camp staff, 14 years old, I get it. But if you want to hire somebody who's going to lead your camp or you want to hire somebody that you want to groom to be an instructor, you cannot pay minimum wage. You have to at least be $2 above that, maybe more. So please write that down because in becoming a company you want to work for, like TJ taught me that day in the food court, you need to have competitive pay. And then second, of course, is some type of pension program. Now, does that really matter to an 18-year-old kid? No. But if you can be this person, like all my guys invest in the stock market, all of them. If you can educate that young person on the value of a stock, if you buy Apple now, you know, at a hundred and I don't know, 50 bucks a share, what it is today in, 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 I think five years, it's going to be 425 in 10 years, it's going to be $725 a share. And if they buy one piece of Apple a month, you know, if you help them understand the value of that, then your 401k now has some legs in your business, right? And I tell them it's free money. But, you know, do you want free money that you can't touch until you're 60 because you roll it over into whatever other business you go to work for if you end up leaving me? They don't get that at freaking 17, 18 years old. But if you can educate them on that so they don't take it and go buy a Taylor Swift ticket, which you can't because she sold out. Did you see that? She blew up Ticketmaster. It's crazy the amount of tickets she sells. It's just brilliant. I think it's she, she's, you know, a sustainable artist. But that's another conversation. So you need a 401k. And I know most of us don't have it. Most of us don't because our staff is young. They don't invest in it. But the yin to the yang, it allows my wife and I to max out our 401k by offering the Safe Harbor Pension Program. Please look into it. Make it happen. Make it happen because it's one of those added values. Right now, we're looking at medical insurance, right? For my key salary people, I do a medical siphon. So... Your medical is $350 a month. I give you that additional money in your salary. We call it a medical siphon. It's labeled that so they understand that. Would I like to have it as a group policy? Absolutely. And what we're doing with San Francisco, we're moving San Francisco to an S Corp next year. It gives us a little better tax benefits. So we're going to change that from an LLC to an S Corp. Now's the time to do that because LLC laws used to be very loose. We had a lot of write-offs. They've pretty much tamped down on all of them. So as we become an S-Corp, the money I make in San Francisco, I will be an employee, right? I will be an employee. I have a better tax write-off, et cetera, et cetera. So take a look at that. 
And the other reason we're doing that, and this is the bigger reason why, and this is why I believe in homegrown, right? TJ will buy my company. A percentage of it, half of it, whatever we settle on, TJ will buy my company. Now, why is that worth a lot of money to me? I'm going to tell you why. Because if I was to put my schools on the market right now and try to sell them to somebody, even though this year, well, we'll do about 1.9 million. So almost back to $2 million a year. Nobody is going to pay me for it. Nobody. Mirrors, mats, that's it. Well, you know, we're established and blah, 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 blah. They don't give a rat's a rat. They're not going to pay me for the name and how well known it is. It means nothing because there's no guarantee a single student is going to stay. And we're a cash in, cash out business, right? There's no guarantee. So what am I paying you for? A student that may or may not be here? Contracts and all. Those contracts eventually expire. There's no guarantee anybody's going to be here. So the only tangible thing I can value your company at is that. Now, great scenario. If you get somebody to come in and value it, they will look at all the accounts and all that stuff, right? Right? All of that and good name and the whole nine yards. But for TJ, who teaches actively all the time and his brother, right? His mother works for my, my company. His sister works for our company. It is a good fit for him. It's a very, because we are a family business. I want another family to take it over. It makes perfect sense. And the two lo locations can sustain him, the type of revenue where he makes money and I'll make money too in my retirement. So again, what is TJ's worth to me? A lot, because I can sell the company to TJ at a very good value to me. Does that make sense to everybody? Right? Go try to sell your school right now in the open market. Nobody's going to buy it. Absolutely nobody. Nobody. Okay? So you with me? So that's why I believe in a homegrown team. So what do we talk about? Competitive pay, 401k, medical siphon, okay? Or medical benefits. The next, of course, is what? Vacation with pay. That's standard in any great company. Please have it. Make sure it's there. Make sure it's there. Did you hear me? Make sure it's there. So that's there as well. Everybody with me on this? Taking notes? All right, deep breath. Plug in your takeaways. Plug in some takeaways. Let me see who's here. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Give me some takeaways, okay? All right. So I'm excited, you know? I, I, I know I've been singing the song, we're coming into a recession. We are in a recession. There's no doubt in my mind. I shared the other day, I had one girl in class, the brother and sister wasn't. I asked the mom, why aren't the other two in class? She said, well, you know, with this recession, we just want to be careful. And they're not even hurting financially. They have money because they're prudent. They watch their spending when they see something like this. That's a clear indication. Anybody, I mean, I'm in a pretty high income neighborhood in both San Francisco where we are and Millbrae, and we can feel the impact. So please, you may not be feeling it there yet, but because we're tech centric, what do I know? Meta's laid off, right? Like 11,000. Amazon's laying off. Wow. Tesla is laying off. Twitter, we won't even talk about how many people they laid off, right? Amazon's laying off. So if the tech companies lead the way in the stock market that drives it up and down, guess what? You're going to feel it in the rest of these industries. They're going to start laying off. They will, or at least have a hiring freeze. So if you're in a lower income neighborhood, you need to batten down the hatches, assess how much money you have and do all that prudent stuff. I've been through a couple of recessions in my businesses now. It's not doomsday. You can survive it, but you might have to tighten up your belt strap. Cool. And, and I think that's also where we really had a huge turning point during the pandemic 
I came back to work and took a huge cut in pay. My core team got full salaries the whole freaking time. And last year, what did we do? We did it twice. A couple of my team members got like a 25% raise and back pay, right? A couple of guys got a $20,000 raise in a 12-month period. That's a lot. But does that also endear them to this company? Yes, it does. They bought homes during the pandemic. That makes you a value to them, right? So realize that. I think that's the biggest thing we suffer from. You know, we don't run our businesses like a business that people want to work for. Will it cost me more money? Yes. But anytime a school owner comes to me, well, so what? You make $2 million. What's your net? I'm netting about 75%. Yeah, you're doing all the freaking work. You're teaching all the time. I want to create a company that works for me. So I have the freedom to teach when I want to teach versus having no freedom because I have to teach. Who's with me on that one? Can I get an amen? Put it in the comments. Let me know that you're with me on this. Because I know you're thinking, you know, all you need to do is run a freaking ad at Indeed that's groovy, right? And sounds right. It's not. It is not. It's from the ground up. And, and no matter how much you run ads in Indeed, everybody you get, you're going to lose. And much like students, 10 in, 10 out. I say it all the time. You want to put a bad restaurant out of business? Give them great marketing. You get somebody to write you the best, you know, job ad in the world. You get a flux of all these new people. They come in and want to come work for you. Do you have benefits? Well, no. Do you have vacation with pay? Well, no. Do you have a 401k? Well, no. You know, do you have competitive pay? Well, you know, kind of, sort of. But what do you pay? Oh, we pay minimum to begin. I can go work at an In-N-Out Burger, make $2 more than that, right? Yeah, but this is different. You get to wear your pajamas and teach kids. Nobody cares about that. Please, that's for us. The bottom line is look at what's out there. You know, who's your demographic? Who are we hiring? High school, college kids pretty much, right? At this point, until they get to that level, right? So what are we competing with? McDonald's? You know what? Jamba Juice in the mall? What? You know, Dick's Sporting Good? What are you competing with? And you got to know that if that is your, you know, audience, if that is the demographic you work with. I'm in a different place. My guys are 30, 31, 27, and I'm proud to say they're in a good position financially because I help nurture that. Do they earn that money? Heck yeah, they do. TJ works. TJ works hard. You know, Lucas works hard. Sifu Better works hard. All my team works hard. And I want to take good care of them. Will that eat into my profits a little bit? Heck yeah. But you know what? I'm at Taya's soccer game on Tuesday night. I'm at the Warriors game on Monday night. I'm going to the Warriors game tonight. I work two days a week again. I teach on Tuesdays. I teach on Thursdays. That's it. And then Friday, I pick up the after schoolers for about an hour. You see where I'm going with that? TJ respects that about me. And he's made sure, you know, once we came out of this pandemic, he got me back to two days a week. And eventually, it'll be zero days again. You see where I'm going with this? You got to love your team. And you can make no excuse. Remember, you take the cut and pay. You do what's necessary to shore up that team. Because without that team, you have no business. Are we clear? You know, you're going to burn yourself out. How many of you have missed a special family event because you were teaching? Go. I'll wait. We all have. I know I did in the beginning. There was no maternity leave for me. And we're talking about that, you know, because, you know, eventually my guys are going to start having kids. I want them to take paternity leave. That's part of life. I want them to be there for their baby and their wife or their husband the first couple months. I want that. So how do we make that happen? 
well, we need to build our team. So we're, we're staff training heavy now that we're out of this pandemic. You feel me? But we're doing it predominantly internally. I like homegrown. Those to me have given me the best team members, ones who will buy my company at top dollar, ones who get me, ones who get what we do, right? And it's not like pushing a big rock up a hill. We had a paycheck player. We went through that. And it was probably as Letitia was one of the most challenging times in our business because this paycheck player, we brought in a top dollar because they were a great instructor. They knew our curriculum well, but you know what? They had never bought into our culture. They didn't believe into it, right? I mean, they didn't believe into it. They didn't buy into it. They didn't believe in it. None of it. And it was probably one of the most challenging times in our business. I can go into detail. I'm just going to tell you. So hired guns, I don't know about that. But Mr. Fiddler, I love Sifu Fiddler. He is one of the best assets we got. He came to us as a white belt, but he already had a black belt in Aikido. And, and he's one of our best instructors, right? So there's that example. He didn't grow up with us. He came to us at like 50 years old to train. And, and he ended up, he's one of our top instructors now. So that can happen. That can absolutely happen. But his daughters were training first and he started training it. And that's a different story. But recognize that when you build that team for success, you will have the A player, full-time benefits, the whole nine yards. You have the B player, right? And don't discount the B player. That B player is the kid who's probably high school, got a black belt at the freshman, sophomore year. They work in camps. They work a couple hours a week. You work with their school schedule. You're flexible when they need time off when they're working on a final or something like that. Don't discount that. They're of great value too. And then the C player, right? And they're C, but they're A. My kickboxing instructors teach one hour a week. They get top dollar. They're of great value to me. So when I say ABC, I don't mean in the quality of, you know, how they teach. I'm talking about their availability, where, where they sit. So please don't mistake in that. It's not like when we, we determine our students, ABC. I say that just for the type, but all three of great value. I love my kickboxing instructors who teach one or two classes a week, right? I found out Taya had soccer on Tuesday night and I don't want to miss her games. So last minute. Boom, I got, you know, one of my kickboxing instructors covered my 730 class. Hallelujah. I'm out there going, go Taya Boo. You saw it. I posted her goal online. So, and then of course, and this one's important, right? This is very, very important. Nurture your team. In the beginning when I had no money, you know, a lot of my team's Filipino, I, I would get the Manny Pacquiao fight, Manny Pacquiao fight. And we'd big screen TV, they'd come over to my house and I would cook for them. And it was only about 15 of us, but I would cook for them and we would bond together. Before the pandemic, once a year, we have a big company dinner and I feed them really, really well. But you know what we don't do? I'm reading a great book and I want you to read this book. Um, <clears throat> I think I shared it last week, but I want to share it again. It's not the five languages. What is this? Yeah, the five languages of appreciation in the workplace. And for a while, we used to do the Outstanding Employee Award at the end of every year with a nice bonus and all that. And guess what? The same person won it again and again and again because they're the ones who went above and beyond. First one there, last to leave. God rest his soul, Mr. Jones. I miss you every day. And, and so I recognize in reading this book, some people do not like public accolades. So 
the dinners we would do at my house where I cooked for them, some people really, really felt special and appreciated, right? Some people love um, praise in the workplace. I've one, one of our team members is always coming to me and saying to me, you know, I did ABC. And I go, that's a really good choice. And they're telling me that because they want approval. They want kudos. That's the way that person works, right? Other people are monetary. You know, if you could do little things for them and take care of them that way, that's valuable. Like, you know, we, we, a couple of our guys use computers a lot during the pandemic. They use their own computer, right? Because they're broadcasting and, and doing virtual. We're going to buy them new computers this holiday season. And they were just tickled pink by that, right? They were just like, wow, that's really, really cool, right? Those types of things, everybody is appreciated differently. And is there that type of worker? And I'm going to say worker because you got to work it that likes to be disciplined. Yes. There's some people that you, that you, you, you got to get on and ride and they like it. That's what they know. You know, that's why a lot of people join the military, right? You're disciplined. You're told what to do. Everybody has a different style of being appreciated, but you being the level five leader as described in good to great, you understand that. And if you read this book, The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace, you'll get to recognize how each person on your team likes to be recognized. Cool. And so those types of things need to happen. So what? Make dinner, you know, do a pay-per-view fight. You guys might like UFC. Maybe it's that last minute. You know, anytime my guys go on vacation, TJ doesn't ask me. He just schedules it. Anybody will say, professor, can you cover this, this, and this? Absolutely, sir. Enjoy your vacation. None of this BS. I need a two-week notice. Da, 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 da. Yuck, 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 yuck. Stop it. Not with today's workforce. It's different. So I love that Lucas was camping last weekend. TJ was in Hawaii for a friend's wedding, and I covered their classes. I was grateful to do that for them. And them knowing they can go without having to, oh, what if he says no? Well, you know, I got to put in this this request for time off. What is he says? No, I can't go to my friend's wedding, blah, blah, blah. Resentment. I hate this freaking company. None of that. You got to eliminate those obstacles. Please promise me. Go back and think if you have that type of behavior, eliminate it. So the last part of that is valuing their life outside. That's a lot. Isn't that a lot? It is not just running an ad. It is not just, you know, paying them well. It is not having a systems of training so they can do it better than you. It is not simply defining this unique culture that everybody wants to be a part of, not cult culture, right? And that's what I'm saying. When I watch those cult things, I learn, but I would never want a cult of a business. Never, ever, never, ever, because it always implodes. You want a culture. Don't stop at cult, culture, Right? If you really develop that unique culture, I said it at the beginning of the pandemic, you have people that go to war for you. My team was hunkered down. We clung together. We were anchors in the storm for each other, figuring out virtual. You know, we've had it a couple of times. I remember sitting in a circle when Mr. Jones died and I got a bunch of teenagers crying. We're all crying in our black belt class. This is what it takes to be a generational business year in and year out. You think everything's going to be, you know, rainbows and lollipops? No freaking way. But if your team knows you got their back, they're going to get your back. You with me? You with me? So that's my take. And that's what I've done. 
And that's why my team has been with me so long and why they continue to this day. I will, I will go to war for them. I will do everything I can to make sure my team is happy. And what is it? Money? What are we talking about? Money? Right? Money? You're going to bitch and moan because you have to pay a little more? We can't even determine what a martial arts instructor should make. As we said earlier, you can't, what is it? Elementary school teacher? What is it? A professor in college? What is it? A janitor? How do you really set the pay scale? You know what it comes down to? How much you value your people and really not creating just a livable wage. What the hell is livable wage? No, I'm talking about a wage that fulfills their dreams. And what is that worth to you? Like Richard Branson said, what is that team worth to you? If I take care of my team, they will take care of the clients. And that's what we experience in our business. When they bring ideas to me and they save money here and save money there, I applaud them like a kid on Christmas Day. I don't care if it's $5. If you save me money, right, and find me a better vendor for the alarm system or a better vendor for the, you know, Toshiba copiers release, I applaud you. You know, spend my money recklessly. We have a challenge. We have a challenge. And that's when I get defensive. You know, you're not the one paying for that. I am. If I'm having that conversation, then I have not hired the right person to begin with. Cool? I know. Put it in the comments. Put it in the comments. Dennis, you're absolutely correct. And in point, when you talk about developing a culture within the school and business. Yeah, but I think, Dennis, the extreme about that, that whole cult thing is, you know, people sit there and, and you develop this cult and your team works for you nobly for free or at very little pay. And begrudgingly, they have this subconscious resentment towards you and your business and you don't even know it other than the fact that your business doesn't grow and it stays stuck at a certain number of students year in, year out, right? So I think that's important, right? We have to have a unique culture. Hey, Eli, what's happening, sir? Jason, you don't just do that for your team. You do that for the people you mentor as well. Oh yeah, thank you, sir. I do, I do. You know, and I think again, that's really unique about working with me. I wanna hang out with people I love, right? I really, really do. And if you work with me as a mentor, I fall in love with you. I just simply do because that's the type of person I am. I'm not going to build a relationship that I'm not going to have long term. There's not a single person that can't pick that phone up and call me if they need something. Yeah, absolutely. That's important. That's important. And I am who I say I am. And that's the other part is the trust. You, you, you want to lose two teammates really, really fast, really fast then violate that trust. Well, you said, sir, blah, 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 blah. Oh, well, you know, I, you know, yeah. Okay. Okay. Letitia will vouch for me. We've pretty much fulfilled every intent and promise to our team, right? Next thing is valuing the companies and getting TJ bought in as a partner, right? That's the next thing. So we are fulfilling our promise to our people. And if you do that, you earn that trust every day, every minute, every breath, and they will go to war for you. And I say that because being a small business owner at times is like a war, right? Now we got a recession. We just went through the pandemic. What's next? At least you want to do it together with the people you love and trust that you know at the minimum will keep your business sustained through challenging times. And if they're really good, you thrive, all right? So thank my sponsors, my studio, Market Muscles, Kids Love Life Skills, LC Accounting. Love you guys.
thank you for sponsoring this so I can do what I do. You know, and that's important to me. You can't tell Brandon Belisa what to say or do. That will not work for me. It never will because I need to know the good work I do comes from being a new thinker and cultivating new and innovative ideas rooted in respect and tradition that will move the small school owner who needs the most love and help to the level of success they truly deserve. Cool? Who's coming to It's Time Life Balance? All right, you've level five leaders. Make sure you book your ticket, your airfare, and your hotel now for It's Time Life Balance so you have the write-off in 2022. Right, Letitia? Right, you want to get that write-off in 2022. So I want you to please book your ticket now. Only 20 people, four days. And as I shared at the top of this broadcast, your mindset and cultivating the right mindset is vital, so vital to building a type of company that you can be proud of. I find 90% of the school owners I work with, their business businesses suffer because of them. You are your own best friend. You are your own worst enemy. And if you're not investing in yourself, then you will fail miserably. Yesterday, I sat on an hour call. Cost me $500. One hour of this guy's time. I'm not paying him for an hour. I'm paying him for his decades and decades and decades of experience, which is going to save me a heck of a lot more money than the $500 I paid him. Right? So you need to invest in yourself. It's Time Life Balance, I believe, is unlike anything in our industry, and you should invest. Cool? All right. Thank you, everybody, for being here today. All right? But max out your 401k. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know that, sir. Max out that 401k every year. If you got one, right, sir? Otherwise, they go out, got a Roth IRA maybe, right? Or a SEP, right? If you want to max out that 401k, always max out that. That's a given. Every year, I max mine out as much as we can. It's been a little sketchy through the pandemic, but it's cool. It's cool. Both my schools are here. Not a lot of people can say that. And we're big schools, right? So yeah, definitely max out that 401k. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. Hey, Marco, I love you. Thank you for handling the back end. Hey, everyone, give Marco a big congratulations. I think he's in like his, he opened November 1st. Uh, he's gotten more new trials and students than he ever had. And I'm a huge advocate of location, location, location. You know, we did move a couple years back. Good thing we did. And he's got a better deal now. And that's why I feel very great as a mentor because I'm either a hero or, or I'm, I'm public enemy number one. Fortunately, we made good choices. Marco's in a great place. That school's going to grow and thrive. He's moved to a lo new location. Jason moved to his own location. Virginia opened her own thing with Journey Martial Arts. I'm currently working with uh, Zenith Martial Arts. They're moving from a community center into their own place. Uh, Jed Jones, who I work with, we're rebranding to Determined Martial Arts. He's looking at potentially moving. I love it. I love the work that I do. I feel very blessed. I feel very grateful, especially when I earn your trust and you do that work. Subscribe to Success Never Sleeps. Uh, it's at all the major podcast platforms. Subscribe to Mindful Meditations, major podcast platforms. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Who's going to follow me at Instagram? I hope you do. Become part of our disruptor group as well. For everything else, go to brandonbeliso.com. Thank you so much. If I don't get to see you next week, we may do a re we may do a rerun of this. I don't know if I'm going to take Friday off with the holiday. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'm extremely grateful to each and every one of you. 
You help me have a voice. You help me fulfill my purpose. And for that, I'm indebted to every one of you. Cool? Success never sleeps. Until we talk again, please, please, please. I'm Brandon Beliso. Go out there. Live your best life.